welcome to the Crimson Circle monthly meeting. Welcome to the Crimson Circle. Welcome to our monthly meeting here in the Crimson Circle Connection Center. What a perfect name. We all connect. Whether you're sitting in this studio or you're watching or listening from anywhere in the world, you can be watching from our website, crimsoncircle.com, or you could be listening on BTR or listening from the Crimson Circle website. Or you could just be traveling across the ethers and just tuning in. <laughs> it's all possible. As you can see, Jeff is getting ready to channel. We're not sure what, but we assume it's a Dama Saint-Germain. But no matter what, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful time. I invite each of us to take the good deep breath that Adamus invites each time. That good deep breath that breathes consciousness and awareness that allows the breath to flow through the body. We breathe as the master and the human. Take the good deep breath in honor of yourself. Each of us here out there, take the good deep breath. Stay with the good deep breath, and with each breath, allow your senses to expand, to open. Breathe deeply with allowing and feeling. Take the good deep breath, and the music's going to play, and as it plays, I invite you to breathe in the music, to expand into the music, and invite Adamus in to be here with you, each of us, breathing, feeling, and allowing as the music begins. Breathe.
I am that I am, Adamus of Saint-Germain. Let's take a deep breath together, dear Shambra, as we gather once again. Gatherings that have been going on for hundreds of thousands of years in different ways, in different forms, and in different places. Uh, it's not just in this lifetime that we've gathered together for the sakes of our hearts and our souls, but it has been ages and ages. And here we are now at the most important time of all. When we do our gatherings now around the world, we have a, what is called a workshop or a seminar. We go all around the world. There's something very unique that happens. If you've been to one of the gatherings, you probably know so often I say to the group, what's the common energy? What, what brought this particular group of 50 or 100 or 200 together? What's, what's the common energy in the room? And then after a lot of wrong answers, I give the right answer. <laughs> and it could range anywhere from the group that's assembled there has known each other in the past, has been, been to a mystery school together. They have that common bond in the same mystery school for years and years. And they decide to get back together. Again, they think they're going to a workshop. It's a good facade. Uh, we talk, we give some lectures, we have some fun, we move a lot of energy. But it's really about the reunion uh, of the souls who were at the mystery schools. Other times, there's a general energy in the group of self-doubt. You know, they put out the call, they put um, uh, for the workshop, they, they announce it here at the Shoud, they put it in the magazine, they put it on the store, uh, and it goes out. And it attracts just the right people, just the right group. We've had groups that are filled with so much self-doubt. They're so close, but yet so much self-doubt. We've had groups that come together because they're wounded, deeply wounded wounds that they're finding very difficult to let go of. And that's the common energy in that particular workshop. So we talk a little bit about wounds. I distract over here in a lot of other ways, but what we're really doing in that gathering is releasing a lot of that old energy, or at least acknowledging that it sits there, that it sits there, an old wound energy, or an old victim energy, in order for the attendees to release it. But nobody ever said, what's the common energy of all of us? All of us, those of you watching in online today or sometime in the future, the ones who are gathered here, what's the common energy of Shambra? Is it just a happenstance of people around the world who happen to get connected to the website, to Crimson Circle? Huh, I would think not. The common energy here is what I call the Atlantean dream. It goes back, back, back to the temples of Tian in Atlantis. It was the dream of embodied enlightenment, when the Master meets the human together in embodied enlightenment. It was the dream back then of the divine coming into this realm and then living, living fully, living what is now called the Amyo life. That was the Atlantean dream, and whether you were actually in the temples of Tien and Atlantis, whether you 
came into that dream, the dream of embodied enlightenment, in the times of Yeshua, when so many of you gathered together. Whether you came in in the times of the mystery school, it doesn't matter because the common element is still that dream that goes back as far as Atlantis. Oh, Atlantis. Isn't it interesting right now in the news, watching what's going on? So many hurricanes, so, so much devastation in that area. When you really feel into what's going on, it's a clearing, a clearing of old Atlantean energies coming about at just the right time to cleanse, to clear. Now, sometimes the clearing uh, is tragic in terms of human comfort and oftentimes in terms of human life. It's no mistake for anybody that's still there that has lost their life in one of these incidences. But what's really happening is a deep, deep clearing of that old Atlantean energy, the energy of wound and war, the energy where truly Isis was wounded. That's why you see this continuing pattern of cleansing in the area. It'll be gone for a little while, and then it will come back again until all is cleared. That's the way it works, even within you, until all is cleared. Uh, and sometimes there are things you're not even aware of that, that are so ingrained in your life and your behavior. So the storms come back time and time again, clearing each time. Sometimes with great discomfort, sometimes with a lot of emotion and even with physical pain, but to clear what isn't yours. The common energy and for anybody who calls himself Shambra. Of course, there's nothing to join and there's no oath to take, but the common energy that brings everybody together is the Atlantean dream of heaven and earth together, but not off in another realm, here, right here. That's what brings everyone together. To you it may seem uh, obvious. Well, of course, that's what we're here for. We're here for our realization, our enlightenment. We're, he we're here to live now in the physical body, but take a deep breath and feel into others who are on their spiritual journey and path, others who are studying the mystical arts. It's not necessarily the same for them. For some, yes, but it's not necessarily the same. There's no inner deep desire for embodied enlightenment. It's enlightenment and then not knowing what happens after that, or not really caring. But for you, it's about staying. It's about being here. And oh, you have found out, and continue to find out how difficult that can be at times. The common energy with all of us, with all of you, is the Atlantean dream, my dream as well. It's one of the reasons why I came back to work with each and every one of you. We're on the eve of it. We're not a long way from it. We're not, um, we're not going to continue to struggle for lifetimes with it. We're on the eve of it. And sometimes on the eve of anything is the most difficult, the most exciting, when the most fear and doubt comes up, when things are just about to happen. Just before your birthday, just before you get married, just before your embodied enlightenment. So when everything starts to shake and rattle, everything starts to go wobbly, as Kathumi said many years ago. Nothing seems straight, nothing seems right, it all seems out of balance, and that's really when the old issues tend to come up. And then you're wondering, why am I still battling? Why are these old issues 
why am I told that I'm so close to enlightenment, but yet I feel at times like it's 10,000 miles away? Why, oh why? And by the way, staying in the body while you go through your realization is difficult in so many ways. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful once you've gotten through it. <laughs> but staying in the body, going through this whole process, is most challenging. And there are some who get, who get this close to their realization, and they leave. They leave. There are 157 Shambra who have come in, or come over to our, my side, on my watch since the year 2009, when I started working with Shambra. 157 who got so close, or were just so worn out and tired that they released. Ah, it was one of the easiest things for them to do. Such joy, such, uh, such honor. Uh, no regrets, no, no wishing they could have done it different, but it's at times so seductive when you get that close just to leave. Why stay? I mean, really, why stay? So you can put up with the daily news? <laughs> Why stay so you can have another meal? Why stay so you can have sex? We even had that for a while, so why stay anyway? <gasps> Sorry. <coughs> Speak for yourself. Why stay? <laughs> why stay when the energies of Earth are, are rough? They're really rough. There are still people that are, have many, 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 many lifetimes to go. Why stay? You know you're not going to save them. You know that uh, you're, you're not going to save the world, so why stay? Uh, well, just because. You've come this far. Just because it was the Atlantean dream and you want to see it through. Just because you want to see what it's like to live the sensual life, the truly sensual life. Uh, it's never really been done in your human form. You want to see what that's going to be like. And just because it's time for the Amyo life. The Amyo life is when you are the master and the human. It's the and. When there's no more battles, there's no more struggles, there's no more working at things, now you can let it come to you. Abundance. Relationships, energies, whatever it is. Now, that is a dream, and I'm going to call that one the Shambra dream. The dream that you don't have to work so hard at it and struggle with it, that it's just there. Just there in just the right time. That you're not battling in your mind anymore. No more battles. They're, they're done when you're not battling with anything. When you are really transcendent amongst other people. In other words, you can be with them, but you're truly operating at a different level. You're no longer in the mind. Oh, the mind, the mind, the mind. We're going to talk about the mind in great detail uh, in Pronost 2018 coming mm -hmm. up. It is the end of the mind. It is the last era of the mind, but most people don't realize it. What's going to happen to the human mind? It's going to confuse. It's going to traumatize people. The human mind has been what it is since the times of mid-Atlantis. It's been taken for granted that this is the mind and it's always going to be the same. Not at all. The mind is going to go through a tremendous evolution. And most people truly aren't prepared to handle it. So 
If you're going to have a title for Pronos 2018, it's Pronos 2018, the last era of the mind. Yikes. Uh, wow. We're beyond that. We're beyond that. You're already delving into the knowingness. You're following your intuition. You're opening your heart. The mind has relaxed enough for all of you, any of you. The mind is relaxed enough now. It's still going to tug and, and pull at times. It's still going to bring up its seductions to stay. But the mind will adapt and adjust. The mind is already doing that. That's why some days it feels a bit crazy up there. But it's the, the Shambra dream, this Amyo, not only to be in the physical body. That's, that's, that's actually, sometimes I guess, not your dream. You wish you could be here and not have to lug around this body. But it's the dream just to be in the ease and grace of energy, energy serving you, not you serving it, not energy crises, not energy uh, being energy low in any sort of way, but truly, once and for all, letting energy serve you. That's, that's the Shambra dream, the Amyo life. It's amazing and even surprising when suddenly it's just there. Now, the human interacts with it, of course. It's not like you can just sit on your park bench all day long. It might take doing some emails. It might take you know, uh, taking a trip, a few things like that. But that old struggle, the scrape knee struggle, when you're on your knees and working hard and, and you're wearing yourself out, that goes away, and it needs to. It's going to go away, by the way, with the mind, because it's the mind putting all those things there. But it goes away, and suddenly the Shamba dream is there. It's a bit frightening in a way, because you're used to having to think through things and work at things, and you're still going to want to repeat those patterns. You're just going to want them to be a little easier, a little easier thought process and a little easier struggle, but they're going to go away completely, and it's going to feel odd, oddly enough. It's going to feel strange. It's about letting energy finally serve you. Now, one of the biggest challenges for each and every one of you is that it's about you. It's about you. And the minute you pull in your tribe, your family, your friends, humanity, whatever, all the rest of them, suddenly it's not about you. Suddenly you have their stuff. Suddenly you're having to work through yours well, – not work through yours anymore, but their stuff – and it suddenly is going to slow down even perhaps stop this whole process of the Amyo life, allowing it to come to you. You're going to feel strange when it's just coming to you, but it's not coming to perhaps your spouse, your children, your best friends, the people around you. And you're going to want to share everything, and you're going to find out it doesn't work because they don't want it. They're not ready for it. It doesn't serve them at all. And that's going to be one of the challenges. Ah, when I say the Shambhur dream, Amyo, it's just there. It's just there. It sounds so great, but now I say, for you. For you. Not the kids, not the spouses, not anybody else. If they want it, they can allow it as well, but they have to do it for themselves. That's going to be one of the strange things with the Amyo life. You're going to feel perhaps even a little selfish at times. That's when you take a deep breath and you let that go, and I'll be right at your doorstep, insisting that you let it go. There's so much within you that's – well, we'll get there in a minute. 
So you're right at the eve, and this isn't, um, this isn't a, the carrot in front of the horse type of thing. You're, th you're there. You're in that energy, and as I've said before, there's a, there's a momentum that's not going to allow you to go back. It's going to allow you to feel miserable for a little bit and feel like you're going in circles, but you can't go back. There's a momentum that's there that's going to carry you into the Enlightenment. That's why we call this the Wing Series. It's going to carry you into your Enlightenment, the Atlantean dream, the Shambhar dream. The knowingness that you have in your heart, that's what's going to carry you there, sometimes kicking and screaming. So you say, so you say, but Adamas, but when? But when? I'm working at it. I'm allowing it. I'm waiting patiently. None of those three things are true. <laughs> You're not waiting patiently. You're really not allowing, because there's still so much misconception about allowing. Allowing, the world gets to walk all over me. That is not allowing. Allowing is only about you, you, yourself, the divine, the master, whatever you want to call it, only about those two elements. You, human, allowing, master, they come together. You see in that little diagram, there wasn't your brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and the people at work or anybody else. You're not allowing the rest of the world. This to the rest of the world. <laughs> that means go, go your own way. <laughs> it's not about allowing anything but you and the Divine, you and the Master, you and the I Am. That's it. Nothing else. Not allowing the world to be uh, a better place. No. Shambra, we've said it over and over. Sometimes I wonder, Shambra, are you listening? Are you feeling? Allowing is about you and the I Am. That's it. Nothing else. No spirit guides, no Adamas, no anything else. Do not allow me, because <laughs> I, I will mess with you. <laughs> allowing is about allowing yourself. And you, you, you don't work at it, but I, but I see you working at it. All the work is being done right up here. Not, not here with the hands. It's being done here. And patience. Oh, no. Not at all. But you say, so when? When is this going to happen? I, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing. I'm working hard at it, and I'm patient, none of which are true. When is it going to happen? What's holding me back? What, what am I doing wrong? In helping to answer that question, I want to read something to you. I want to read something that a dear favorite of mine, John Kaderka, gave to Kaldra for me to read to give to you. It sounds a bit convoluted. But when Kaldra asked Mr. Kaderka, so you want me to channel you at the Shoud? And John made it very clear, nobody's going to channel me. <laughs> so Kaldra wrote this out and asked me to read it during the Shoud. Let's take a deep breath as we feel John's presence, uh, presence, his whole being in the room. I have to stop for a moment and explain. John, John extended his duty, extended his stay here on Earth. He was originally going to leave about three and a half years ago when he realized that Crimson Circle was going to do a studio. He decided to stay longer, to be part of building all this out. His, his service was done. He was ready to come to this side. He's got a big project he's going to be working on here, and he decided to stay. 
He's transitioned recently. He's he is always going to be a part of Chambra, always a part of the studio. He's not gone. He's probably more aware of each and every one of you than ever before. And he literally is working on, uh, you know, John, he's working on a new technology, but a technology that doesn't involve circuits and wires and electricity, <laughs> a technology for staying connected uh, be in between the realms. For You see, you have brief glimpses once in a while of the other realms, but then it seems to fade away. So dear John is working on a technology for Chambra to stay connected, to stay in those realms. Hmm. From John, the greatest disease. The greatest disease is not cancer or heart failure. These are imbalances of the body. The greatest disease is not depression, anxiety, or schizophrenia. These are reactions of the mind. The greatest disease is staying asleep, in spite of knowing that it's time to wake up. I'm going to repeat that. The greatest disease is staying asleep, even when you know it's time to wake up. Staying asleep tears at your heart and at your soul. It's being untrue to yourself. In the midst of the greatest truth of all, you are free. Staying asleep is living in a limited state of being, and this will haunt you more than any disease of the body or mind. I'll repeat that one as well. Staying asleep is living in a limited state of being, and this will haunt you more than any disease of the body or mind. Instead of fighting cancer or depression, go deep into your heart. Feel what is yours and leave everything else behind. Please allow me to repeat that. Feel what is yours as you go deep into your heart and leave everything else behind. Don't dwell on old memories or worry about the future. These are the diseases that will deny you of life. The greatest disease of all for Chambra, the one that will keep you from your heart, is staying asleep. John had some incredible experiences, his own battles with cancer, but actually it really wasn't a battle. It was an allowing of, you could say, what, what was in his true heart an allowing of what was really there. Now, no human ever wants to be confronted with diseases of the body or mind. But his wasn't a fighting of cancer. His was allowing of self. And in his last days, and particularly last few months, he realized that he had held on to a lot, a lot of old stuff that didn't serve him, but yet he had held on to it. This was the greatest disease, not the cancer. He, he didn't he didn't rattle his sword against cancer. He rattled it against not waking up and allowing. All the tools are there. Everything you need, everything, everything John needed, they're all there. When he made his transition, it was joyful. He was greeted by thousands and thousands, literally, who lined the Hall of Honor for him. 
angels, Shambra, ascended masters. What a moment of joy. What a moment of joy. It was shortly after that that he transmitted this message to say the disease wasn't cancer. Oh, don't get mad at cancer. The disease was truly about not waking up when you know better. When you know better. It's different for those who have no inkling of something called enlightenment, who've never been touched by spirit, by Theo, who've never felt the I am within themselves, who have never experienced the I exist. It's different for them. But for you who have had those encounters, who have felt the presence within you, those of you who have gone beyond the mind and had the experience of spirit in your everyday life, then for you the greatest disease is not waking up when you know better. When there is fear, when you are holding back, maybe waiting for somebody else to do it, when there are things that you're simply not letting go of, things that are no longer for you, things that are held on to because in a way it creates an identity for you, it gives you a punching bag in life, it gives you something to blame things on. It gives you a repetitive cycle of something to battle without really getting any place. Now, there's a certain level of comfort in doing it, and I've annoyed many Shambra, and I'll continue to do it by saying that if there's something in your life, it still must be serving you somehow otherwise. It would not be there. Something, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's depression, whether it's feeling totally out of balance, whether it's abundance, whether it is relationship issues, if it is in your life, you must still be receiving something from it. Not a lesson. Not a lesson, because there are no lessons. But you must be receiving some sort of comfort or identity or some self-inflicted pain from it. So my dear friends, the greatest disease, the greatest disease is actually continuing to pretend you're not awake, that you're not a master, when indeed you have everything you need for it. So what is it? What is it? What are you holding on to? Edith, Edith, you hold on to your warrior self. You, you hold on to old battles from lifetimes ago. You hold on to righteousness. You hold on to things have to be a certain way. These are not yours. These are not yours. Even if, you, even if it came from a past life, it is not yours anymore. This is not yours, Edith. Let it go. Those old battles. They are not yours. Let it go. Let it go, my dear. There are things that are so deep within, sometimes you don't even notice, but they're not yours anymore. You get to this point on the eve of enlightenment, and it's just simply time to let go. They're not yours. David, your compassion for others, your, your caring for others, Ah, is, is such a blessing, indeed. But these things are not yours anymore. It's created an identity for you. The good David has made you, it's made you feel in here. But these things are not yours anymore. It doesn't mean that you harm other people. It doesn't mean you're indifferent to others. It simply means that you can't carry it for them anymore. 
These are not yours, David. Take a deep breath and let them go. Tough, difficult, difficult to let these things go. It, it, it's helped create you. It's helped make you what you are. But they're not yours. This is not yours. You're going to be hearing me saying that over and over, and you're going to resist it. You're going to resist me. Vince and Carolyn, the things that have touched your physical body, they're not yours. You've taken them on as your own. The doctors have said that they're yours. You might look at the x-rays. You, you might feel into the aches and pains of your body, but they are not yours. They're not. You've carried too much for other people and actually so much for each other. It's a thing of beauty when two who love each other carry each other's burdens, but the illnesses of your body are not yours. I can't take them away from you. I wouldn't heal you even if I could, but I can ask you to let them go. These things in your body that come from lifetimes of carrying too much, fighting too much for a cause, they're not yours. Let them go. Take a deep breath. This is not yours, Vince or Carolyn. This is not yours. It's difficult sometimes because you feel so close and connected with the things in your life. You feel so part of them. Obviously, you think it has to be mine, and you continue with the battle. You continue fighting these things, and they are not yours. Tobias said it a long time ago, the only thing that is yours is what you choose. That's it. I don't care if it's abundance. I don't care if it is a past life issue. Whatever it is, it's not yours. I look at you and I see such goodness in each and every one of you, a goodness that I wish you could see in yourself, but you're carrying too much. Your heart is covered with grime and mud and dirt and tar because you're carrying things that aren't yours anymore, and you can't take those into embodied enlightenment. You'll continue trying for your enlightenment, working for it, but that grime will keep you from experiencing it. This is not yours. I will tell you that over and over until you're sick of hearing it, but until you actually let it go. That deep ache in your heart, my dear, that deep ache in your heart is not yours. It's been carried with you for a long time. The wound of Isis, your personal experiences that go far, far back into the times of Atlantis, that deep aching that you felt all of your life is not yours. You've created an identity around it. You've created destruction and trauma around it. But it's not yours anymore. It is not. It was an experience, but it is not yours. Please take a deep breath and let it go. It is not yours. These are the things when you say, but when, Adamus, when is this going to happen? These are the things that are holding you back. And I tell you that enlightenment is, is natural. It's going to happen, and it will. It's going to happen in this lifetime. In this lifetime. 
You wonder why it's taking so long, why there's so many struggles, because you're holding on to things that are not yours. Every day, every moment that goes by, from here on, take a look, is this yours? You may try to justify it and say, well, yes, I hurt another person. I did something out of truth, or whatever it happens to be. You're going to say, well, of course that's mine. And I stop for a moment. I stop you and say, it is not. Do not carry it anymore. Do not hold it anymore. Do not be enticed by its seduction anymore. It is not yours. And you're going to feel naked at times, very, very naked, because you're shedding the skin, an identity of who you've been, what's defined you, what motivates you, what causes you to make decisions. And suddenly you're going to feel very naked, very vulnerable. Who am I? What am I doing here? Why do I want to stay? And that's the time to come back to the I exist. I am that I am. These things are not yours. The crazy thoughts just going through your mind, the issues in your body, problems with abundance, aches and pains, these are not yours. Can you wipe the slate clean right away? Can you just say, they're not mine anymore? Can you do that? Of course you can. Part of you will want to hold on and say, but i got to hold on to just a little bit to remember not to be a bad person. And that's why I say, these things are not yours. What is yours? Only what you choose. You are not your past life at all. You are not your past lives. They're, we refer to them. They're like cousins of the soul. You can feel them, but you are not them. You don't have to suffer for the things that they did. These are not yours. The abuse that you've taken from others and then taken it so deep within yourself that you feel you did something wrong to deserve it, these are not yours. Not anymore. Nothing. These are not yours. Take a deep breath and let them go. You don't have to push them out. You don't have to fight with them. You just let it go. That's it. That's it. These things are not yours. I have to get a good look back here at all the magnificent work that's been done. Your daughter. Oh, your daughter. Your heart aches. You wonder what's going on. As much as you love her, it's not yours. As much as you wonder if you did the right thing, if you were a good father, it's not yours. What, what happened was a life-changing experience that was written on the soul. It was going to happen. Something that would bring her into her inner vision, her humanity. Something that would bring her into the deeper levels of herself. It was already known. It was already part of what she had chosen. Have compassion, have love, care for her, and show her humanity, the humanity that you carry within your being, but it is not yours. That's difficult to say to a father whose daughter has been injured. I'm not saying to be indifferent. I'm simply saying don't take it into your being. Be there for her, strong, be there for her in wisdom, but it's not yours. And 
there'll be a year of difficulty on her part, and then she'll realize why she's really here. These things are not yours. Your family, we've talked about it a lot in Ancestral Freedom. It's not yours to redeem your family. Generation after generation of family lack of self-worth, family esteem, of family poverty, of family penance to spirit to God, generations of sinners or so, the family says, these are not yours, but you still hold them in you. You still fight those battles. Let it go. What does that mean? Never seeing your family again? Denying your family? Not necessarily. It means let those things go from within you. Set yourself free. For the greatest thing you can do for your ancestors, for your living family here and now, is to set it free. These are not yours anymore. But you continue to hold them. You continue to fight them. You continue to dream about them. They're not yours anymore. Your issues with authority, going back lifetimes ago, being persecuted unjustly by authorities, by those in power, by those who held you hostage that controlled your life. That was a past life. These are not yours anymore. These are not yours. If you continue to hold on to them, this whole coming to enlightenment is going to be a struggle. It's going to be painful, and it will bring about things like cancer or some type of psychosis. These are not yours. It was a past life. You are the I am in this lifetime. Let it go. And same to you about the family, what I said to her. It applies. <laughs> These things are not yours anymore. It seems obvious. It seems so clear. They're not yours. But you hold on to them. Sometimes you don't even realize what's in there. Sometimes you're you're so ingrained in some of these attitudes and old behaviors from lifetimes ago, from, from families ago, sometimes, sometimes you don't even know they're there. Every worry that you have, my dear, you knew I was coming this way. <laughs> oh, she could feel it. Every worry that you have, everyone is not yours. But you hang on to it. It's kind of like a, an old sweater that you keep knitting on, and you hang on to it. It is not yours. Why do you hang on? The fear of letting go. The fear of letting go, the, the needles and the yarn, and everything you've been doing, everything that's created your identity, all the worrying, unnecessarily. John would scold you so much right now. The only disease is not waking up when you have all the tools, everything you need, and just allowing. But you keep knitting that worry sweater. These are not yours. Oh, oh. Crap. The, <laughs> the weakness, the weakness of the human self, the, the vulnerability of the human, that's not yours. 
oh, you might have taken some of it on and experienced it, but it's no longer yours. That inner weakness, that vulnerability that made you go just the opposite. Uh, tough guy, funny guy, distracting guy, but a guy who really felt there was a weakness, something wrong inside. It's not yours anymore. That weakness ever actually never was, and there never was a weakness at all, but you held on to it. Oh, you buried it so that nobody could see it, but, but I know it's there. It's not yours. These things are not yours. Struggle, issues, children, mates, working so hard, having to be that warrior. Isn't it funny? Two warriors, right? And one in front of the other. There's nothing to battle anymore. There's nothing. It's not yours. So every thought that comes into your mind that has to do with, with being less than, every thought uh, that has to do with you have to work hard and struggle, that there's something wrong, these aren't yours. They're coming. I've said it for years and years to you. Ninety-three percent of what's going through your mind is not yours, and I would say another five or six percent is just crap that you're deciding to hold on. It came from God knows where. These are not yours. Now, again, as simple as it all sounds, you're still going to struggle with it. I want you to really observe yourself now, your thoughts, your feelings, what's happening in your life, what you're attracting into your life, whether things are difficult or easy, whether there's a lot of confrontation and conflict. And every time that comes up, I want you to take a deep breath and ask, is this mine or not? Every time it comes up, I want you to take a look at it. Are you still doing the old, what is Spirit trying to tell me? What lesson is supposed to be learned? Am I supposed to be saving the world, saving my family, or anything else? These are not yours. I'll go so far as to say that you are being selfish in the worst way that, uh, of the word. You are being selfish by hanging on to these things by hanging on to the old psychological issues, lack of abundance, diseases in your body, thoughts of being weak or less than. That is actually being selfish. Now, I tell you to take care of yourself, of course, but when you get to this point, you're, when you are indulgent in old repetitive thoughts, when you're indulgent in things that aren't even yours, that's when I say you are being selfish. You're denying the Master into the house. You're denying also really the evolution of all of the past and future lifetimes. That is selfish. The greatest disease of all is not allowing yourself to wake up when you've had glimpses of it, when you have all the tools, everything. Let's take a deep breath with that. This is not mine. I want you to feel that within your being as these things come up, as you're tormenting yourself, as you're keeping yourself from enlightenment. This is not mine. And by doing so, it's going to help you realize what is yours.
Let's take this into a mirab, my dear friends. So many things that you carry aren't yours. I've covered you with all sorts of junk. You keep trying to drag that with you into embodied enlightenment. There's no place for it. There's no place for family issues, abundance issues, trying to save humanity, feeling guilty about not being able to save humanity. Let's take a deep breath. These things are not yours, so what is? What is yours? In order to understand that, let's go into the heart. Not the mind, but the heart. You see, you're so used to evaluating yourself from the mind perspective, good or bad, right or wrong. Let's go into the heart and take a look at what's there. At one of our recent gatherings, a beautiful gathering, I said, what's your goodness? What is your goodness? You'd think I, it was like I'd shut down time and space, stopped everything. Goodness. What is your goodness, I asked. And I had a hard time finding it. Let's take a look now at what is your goodness. Come into the heart. Something you don't let yourself do. Come into your own heart. What I see in your heart is a good person, a very good person. A person who has cared about others so deeply for so very long. A person that's tried to comfort and to heal others take care of others. A person who has given of them own self, your own energy, for others. Yes, that is goodness indeed. But in doing so, you've also taken on their stuff. You've taken on things that don't belong to you. You've taken on their hardships, their troubles, their physical issues. Take a good deep breath and feel into the goodness. A being who came here in the very, very early formation of this planet Earth. To bring life to this planet. 
make this planet a place of wisdom and of love. That's goodness. That's your goodness. Caring so much for this planet. It shows up now in your love for nature and animals. That's your goodness. So much goodness, in fact, that you've taken on the problems of the world. You can barely stand to look at the news because it goes so deep, you take it on at such deep levels. And then there is the guilt and the pain that you haven't done anything to change the world. See, when you go into your heart, you realize that you came here for a very important reason that will change the world. You didn't come here to change the world, but what you did come here for will change the world. You have so much goodness that you want people everywhere to be happy. Such goodness you want everybody to have an abundance. Such goodness that you only wish good upon others. But in doing so, you've taken on so much of theirs, and these things are not yours. Yes, perhaps honor yourself for having the experience of taking on all these things that are not yours, but when you ask me why, when, when will it happen, when is this enlightenment going to occur, it's when you let go of all these things that are not yours. Feel deep into the heart, into your own goodness, and you, your tremendous sense of humanity. What's common with Chambro? Why do we all come together? Well, it's the Atlantean dream, but it's also turned into a huge compassion for humanity. I know you get annoyed with people. I do too. But in your heart is such love for others. That's why it's difficult when you come to this point when I say, this is not yours. Your heart has such humanity, such a love of people. You almost think it's your job to take on all their issues, and it's not. This is not yours, the suffering of the planet. No, from the little children to the puppy dogs to the elderly, the suffering is not yours. There's such goodness in all of your hearts. Every one of you. Last thing you'd want to do is hurt somebody else. And then when you do, uh, by accident, when you hurt somebody else, then there's such tremendous guilt. 
holding yourself back, folding in your wings and hiding them. This is not yours. Your past lives, uh, so many of you really wanted to connect to all of your past lives. What did you do? Where were you? Who were you? But these are not yours. They're waiting for you. They are waiting for you, not, not the other way around. They're waiting for you. It's not about who you were. It's what you are now. You're not denying the past lives. You're not disavowing them, but this is not you. Their experiences, their traumas, even their accomplishments and joys, this is not yours. Every thought in your mind that goes through thoughts that you've battled, thoughts that you've tried to suppress, stop for a moment. This is not mine. Thoughts of doubt, yes, you think you own your doubt, but they're not yours. They're doubts, whether they're coming from mass consciousness, past lives, whatever, these are not yours. It's going to bring a bit of discomfort. Well, who am I then? What is mine? That's when I say, let's go into the heart. Let's go right back into the heart, into the goodness, into your humanity, into your love. Oh my, you helped to create something called love. Certainly you have tremendous heart, tremendous love. It's in your heart. It's in your goodness. What is in your heart is a deep, deep caring for life. It's gotten bruised, scratched, and dented. It's gotten rusty. gotten covered with grime and dirt. But if you shake all that off, you take a look into your goodness, a deep level of caring, sincere, genuine caring. That's what's in your heart. When I look into your heart, I don't see any dark spaces or dark spots. I see no evil. I see no weakness. 
I see the heart of a compassionate and caring being who has taken on things that are not theirs from your families, from other people, from your past lives. These are not yours. Can you please just release them? Don't fight them. Don't counsel them. Just let them go. We're in a safe space here, a beautiful and safe space. We're coming into our next era together, the Amyo life. It's when the divine and the human are the same thing. You can't do it holding on to what really belongs to someone else. And the secret is they really actually don't want you to. So many things from your worries and your doubts, your aches and your pains, your illnesses and your lack of abundance, your loathing of self at times, your spinning in circles. These are not yours. And as a master, you have every right to declare it and make it so. As a master, you have every right to let these go from your consciousness, from your mind, but especially from your heart. Your headaches, your depressions, your obsessions with yourself, meaning your doubts and your worries and your darknesses, they're not yours. They're not yours. What I call the Master has been waiting in the wings. It's kind of a play on words. The Master has been waiting in the wings. waiting for you to let all this stuff go that's not yours. But you become rather selfish, kind of self-indulgent. You allowed yourself to play with the greatest disease of all, hanging on to things that isn't yours. Not truly awakening, even though you have all the tools. Let's transmute that right here, just by taking a breath. Not working at it, but just a breath. You'll hear me saying it over and over. Uh, thoughts in your minds, dreams at night, in our shouts, wherever. This is not yours. It's not a question, that's a statement. I'm not going to be asking you. I'm going to be saying, this is not yours. Let it go. 
set yourself free. The master doesn't want to stay waiting in the wings anymore. The master wants to be the wings. This is not yours. What is yours? Your goodness. Your caring and compassion. Your deep, deep sense of commitment. Those things are yours. Your heart, your goodness. Let's take a good deep breath. This is not yours. Meaning anything, all that grime and dirt and crap, it's not yours. Let's take a good deep breath with this beautiful Mirab today. We had a trial run with this in one of our gatherings in Italy. Interesting, most interesting. We didn't do it just like this. We did it a little bit different. I had to do a little distracting over here with it. Let's bring the lights up, please. Had to do a little distracting with it. It was amazing what happened. Suddenly, everybody started to release what wasn't theirs, what didn't belong to them, what they'd been carrying on for a long, long time. They, they started to release it, and this putrid brown cloud hung over the whole room, made poor Cauldron nauseous. He felt like he was going to either vomit or pass out or pass out in his vomit. <laughs> and of course, what did he do? He did what all of you good beings would do. You wonder what was wrong with him. What did he do wrong? Did he not prepare properly? Did he not eat the right things? He took it on as his own when it wasn't his at all. It was everyone releasing their stuff, what was not theirs. You do the same every day of your life, every hour of your life, acting out on things that are not yours. It's selfish. You've got to let go of them. You've given me permission to assist you in letting go of these things. We're coming into a whole new time. It's called Embodied Enlightenment. It's the Atlantean dream. It's why you're here. It's why I'm here. It's not a game. It's a passion. It's not a, a hobby. It is what you are here for, what I am here for. We can have fun with it. It can be an experience that simply goes beyond words. But it's time to let go of things that are not yours. Even when you look in the mirror tonight or tomorrow, I want you to look in the mirror and realize that so much of that is not yours. But you believe that you've believed that it is. You've allowed it to be, and it's not. It's kind of like we're going to be going through some very intense uh, and, and rather annoying times together, because there'll be that constant, constant, constant reminder 
this is not yours. And it's not going to be a question. I'm just going to tell you, or your master is going to tell you, this is not yours. That means let it go. Get out of it. Let it go. We're coming into a new era in the work we're doing, meaning that we're just going to do it. We've had a lot of talking. We've had a lot of fun, but now we're just going to do it. It's what I call the Amyo life, and you're seeing it starting to blossom everywhere. With Crimson Circle, with Shamber around the world, the ease and the grace and the good life of the Master. It's not the, the, it's not the human just having a little better human life. It's a whole different life. And it comes when the wisdom of the Master – remember what I've talked about before, wisdom – it's all of your experiences, even all the lifetimes, but all of your experiences in this lifetime, the good, the bad, the painful, the joyful, when they're distilled to wisdom, where there is no longer definition saying happy or sad, it is just the wisdom. Uh, wisdom is one of the most difficult words to describe, but uh, as I told a recent gathering, uh, Mark Twain, who I know a little bit about, uh, said, wisdom is when you just don't give a damn anymore. <laughs> Meaning there's no battles. You're not fighting anything. You're not, you're not trying to manipulate. You don't give a damn. It's just wisdom. Uh, it, it's, the, it, it's all everything you've learned, everything you've felt. It's the love and the hate and everything else distilled into wisdom. Heretofore, this wisdom has not been available to the human. We've talked about it, but it has not been available. Where we are going to now is the wisdom of the Master and the heart of the human. They come together. Never before was it possible to truly, for the human to access this wisdom. You could say it was kind of held in, a, in another state. It was the human wasn't prepared for it, because the wisdom is so sweet and so potent. The human actually didn't think they were ready for it. They thought it would be too much overwhelm. But now we come to that point, the wisdom of the Master and the heart of the human. So I ask you, what's in the heart? What is your goodness? What is your goodness about yourself? And I ask you to look deeply into it, goodness about yourself. I talked about it a little bit, something I see in each and every one of you. Your humanity, your caring for others, your caring for the planet, to the point where you've taken on things that simply are not yours. But I ask you to go here from this shout, from this gathering, feel deeply into your heart. Not the surface answers that I sometimes get, but what is your goodness. Because when you can allow yourself to talk and to feel that goodness, the same goodness that you've had for everyone else but now about yourself, what is your goodness? I'm not asking your talents or what you excel at or what you've accomplished. Those mean nothing. What is your goodness? Because where we're going now, we're bringing together the wisdom of the Master and the heart of the human. That's the Amio life.
Let's take a deep breath together. Between now and our next gathering, what is your goodness? We'll open up in our next shout with me roaming around the room, or Linda roaming with the microphone, for answers to that question, what is your goodness? And in the meantime, do remember, this is not yours. All the crap, physical pain, family issues, money issues, relationship issues, this is not yours. And if you hold on to it, I will call you selfish. With that, my dear friends, let's take a deep breath as Calder gathers up his shoes. Let's take a deep breath and a little outro music with the amazing Marty. Remember, all is well in all of creation. Thank you. So with that, I invite each of us to stay with what you're feeling. Allow this message. Axiodamus gave us an assignment. Feel into that, because he's going to quiz us next time. <laughs> so take the good deep breath and allow the feelings and the everything that we've been hearing and feeling, take the good deep breath and allow time for integration, to be with it, to honor yourself. Breathe deeply with feeling and allowing for yourself each of us. Take the good deep breath. Thank you for being here. Whether you were again listening online or watching online, thank you for being at this meeting. And once again, special blessings from all of us to John Kaderka and his wife. Thank you so much for being here. And as we end this meeting, let's have a little music from our dear Friend Marty, Marty Sawinski, dear Mofo, will you play us out till we see you all next month?
Thank you, Marty. Thank you. Thank you. Marty Sawinski, MOFO. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. We'll see you next month, Saturday, the first Saturday in November. Not sure the date, but you can figure it out. We'll see you then. Thank you. <laughs>